Hello, and this is episode 211 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, uh, Jerry Gibson, and what a month this has been. We had John White, uh, one of my uh, favorites uh, from back in the day, then Jamie Maddox uh, just recently came on, and today, another one of my squash heroes, a guy that I really, uh, really enjoyed watching play. He really grew as a player uh, beginning in around 2002, 2003, found his way to world number one and, and the world championship in 2004. Speaking of none other uh, than Thierry Lincou, and we have a tremendous chat. Of course, uh, he indulged me by allowing me to uh, to take him back to the, the good old days, those days when, uh, you know, back in the day of uh, J.P. Peter Nickel, John White, Thierry Linku, Lee Beachel, Amr Shabana, David Palmer, all those guys vying for the top spot. What a time that was. And uh, yet Thierry indulged me and we talked at length about that. But before that, uh, of course, uh, Thierry is the head coach at MIT for the engineers. And uh, they've had some some success of late uh, the last couple of years. They keep uh, continuing to improve. And this year was their best season yet. Thierry talks about uh, life as a coach of the engineers and how that all got started for him, uh, what it's been like uh, thus far, uh, the, the challenges that he has putting a a competitive team together given the the entry requirements of a prestigious institution like MIT and he talks at length about uh, what that's like and what it's like uh, coaching these extremely academically competitive uh, as well as being uh, ultra competitive as college athletes so uh, that's an extreme balancing act that Thierry uh, has to uh, facilitate for these guys and uh, he talks about the challenges and of course the priorities that uh, he has to set in place as the head coach at an institute a prestigious institute like MIT so we at length discuss uh, their season uh, the most recent season uh, their 15th place finish overall and the promise that the team has going forward. Uh, but not only that, we take a deep look back at the good old days back uh, when he was competing uh, with the likes of all those greats. Uh, there were so many of them at that time, and Terry found himself at the top of the heap in 2004. We look at those years, the years leading up to that. Uh, of course, my uh, my Canadian uh, hero, Jonathan Power. Terry and Jonathan had some battles over the years. First few years seemed to go Jonathan's way but uh, then Thierry uh, discusses what he had to do uh, to get himself sort of uh, to find himself uh, beyond uh, that number four or five position and he wanted to take it all the way to the top so he discusses uh, the changes that he had to make mentally physically and uh, I would assume technically to get there and he got there in 2004 so we discuss all of that and much, much more. A really, really enjoyable chat with a super, super guy. Thierry Linku, head coach of the MIT Engineers, former world number one, former world champion, episode 211. Hello, Thierry. How are you? I'm good. Okay. How are things with you? How's everything in, uh, in Boston? You're in Boston or near Boston, right? Boston. Um... Yeah, a little bit, yeah, in a suburb of Boston. Um, been here 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, it, okay. 10 years uh, in August, yes. And um, eight years at MIT. But yeah, the, I was lucky enough to, um, you know, to come here with, with, with one, to work with for one family 10 years ago. And then, and then that's it. And then uh, I, it was supposed to be for two, two or three years, but then, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, yeah, I know how these hap- these things happen. I, I I thought I'd stay here in the UAE for three years, uh, you know, get some experience, earn a little bit of money, and then move on. But uh, you know, when you have kids, and I think you have at least, I think you have three, two or three kids, anyways, right? And being three, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you have kids, uh, things change, don't they? <laughs> Changes the setup, and then you're right. You know, when you do it, you're doing a decent living, and then everyone is is stabilized, and it's it's working well. It, it's it's tough to disrupt that, and, and so home is is here now. Yeah. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, if home is there, then you must be. Uh, I asked this question to John White, and he gave. He looked at me because uh, he he's in Philadelphia, as as you well know. So I asked him about the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and he looked at me like I didn't know what I. Uh, he had no idea what I was talking about. But I'll ask you the same question. How about those Celtics? <laughs> the Celtics, yeah, I've been to a couple of games, so I can say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, basketball is pretty big in France too. Uh, I mean, you've got some good players. Uh, yeah. And we, I think, well, France at the last Olympics beat the US, I think, in the pool, then they lost eventually the final of the Olympics. So that was big. And we had a lot of stars that are coming, yeah, to play here. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and um, what's his name uh, from, uh, oh, Jesus, uh, remind me the name of French star who. He played uh, plays for Toronto, right? He used to no. He used to play for um, oh man. Uh, I know jo- Joachim Noah. He's sort of French. Yeah, Joachim Noah was Chicago Bulls, right? Chicago, yeah. But uh, you're th- you're thinking of someone else, though. Um, I'm th- I'm thinking yes. You know, he was married to um, Eva Eva um, Eva Longoria. The- All right. Um, yeah, I remember. He played for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony, not Tony. Is it Tony? No. Um, Tony. <laughs> Tony Parker. Tony, Tony Parker. Oh, Tony. Tony. Uh, yeah. TP. Yeah. Tony Parker. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Two old guys putting their brains together to. <laughs> Tony Parker. But, but anyway, t- yeah, he was fantastic. He was a, a legend and also uh, probably a guy that you might admire a lot because he was so well regarded so professional so uh, highly respectful of uh, his contemporaries and and his and uh, he uh i think he got back and get more involved in in uh, teams like in especially one team in france in in a, in a championship yeah so invested in a in a in a basketball team professional team yeah fantastic well, we could talk basketball all day, uh, Terry, but we came here. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, like I said to John, uh, for me, this is like a, being a kid in a candy store, uh, having you uh, on the podcast. So I really, uh, really thank you uh, for, for doing this. Now, uh, as I mentioned, a huge fan of yours uh, uh, over the years, and I want to get into all of that. Uh, but before we do, obviously, uh, you're you're the head coach there at MIT, and you've uh, you've been making inroads over the last few years uh, with that program. But uh, just want to you know, for a lot of people might not know the backstory. They obviously know who you are, uh, but unless you follow college uh, squash, you might not know it. Uh, so you sort of mentioned it there a second ago. You went uh, to the U.S. to co- to help a family. Uh, but how did that uh, evolve into? Uh, uh, where you are today. Okay, so just, uh, just a, a second. So we, we're recording now. Huh? You're going to edit, right? Oh, yeah, so this we, is recording. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, so I didn't know if we, okay, if we were. Yeah, yeah. Apologies, <laughs> apologies. I can edit anything, though, so no. no oh, yeah. if, we, <laughs> if we start, not. but we can, we can, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we can edit. I can edit anything out. I've had to, I've had to edit out lots of stuff before. So, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. yes. Okay. Now I know. Now I know. Um, all right. So, so I, I came, I came here, uh, 10 years ago. Um, I was done with my professional uh, playing career. I had different options, but, but the one here in, in Boston, uh, Massachusetts was, was, well, one of the more attractive one to to work with one one family, one girl. Um, so I moved with my two kids at the time, wife and two kids, and Cecilia and and Jade and Paola. Uh, they were like nine and and nine and five mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, and we, um, after a couple of years, we decided to stay. Uh, I had an opportunity to. Uh, to do um, an exhibition, presentation, lecture at Harvard, which is our, you know, our neighbor from MIT. Yeah. And, and for, it was for all coaches, like local coaches around, 
uh, in different schools and clubs. So Mike Way invited me to do that little thing with him. And um, during that presentation, there was one volunteer coach from MIT. And at the end, he said, oh, uh, I loved it. Would you be able to do the same thing at, at MIT? And I'm like, okay, what, what is it? <laughs> Where is it? What is it? <laughs> so the week after I was, um, I was there uh, with the team and they recorded everything. I don't know really what they did at, with all the footage and stuff, but the next thing I know, the director on the, of athletics called me and, and basically said, we, we want you. Um, would you be interested? It's a, it's a part-time position, blah, blah. We want, we want to develop the program and everything. So, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not really into college squash. I don't know anything about it. So, uh, but I, I was ready for a challenge, I, I think. And um, so I accepted it. And, and a year after I was able to, um, to convert that part-time into like a full-time with, you know, you know, we are here with raising money and, and, and down position. So now the the position is endowed for life. It's just a, awesome. and yeah. the program is improved and, and grew. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, of course, coming from a different background, uh, but I just I like it. I'm enjoying. It. Perfect. Now you you do you have your own academic background as well, right? You 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 completed a sport, I think it's sports science uh, bachelor's degree and as well as a master's degree in France. So that that was probably you know something that you had to you could utilize, and, and maybe you looked at that and said, you know, I can utilize this in this new role. Exactly. So I was during my career, my squash career on tour. There were there were some tough moments, right? Uh, really good moments at the beginning that transition being a junior to like in a men's league it's just you know that gap it's not easy right mm. and there were moments where I was like oh it is a tough you know career you know um, and my brother um, my brother was uh, a, a physical education teacher a PE teacher in Reunion Island where I'm from and I was <laughs> You know, I was always, you know, I had that, that picture of him, you know, running the classes in a nice environment, having that nice, stable life, you know, in, on the island. Oh, man. And I'm telling you what, it's uh, so eventually uh, I was able to complete my degrees as well as playing, which was not easy. But it's I think that was that was my initial project anyway, to, to try to succeed in both. Um, so to do that, and then and then you're right. I was like, oh, what if I can use those, you know, degrees? And um, at MIT, I fulfilled that. I'm a coach and a PE teacher, but I happened to get promoted to, to professor. So I'm, I'm well, assistant professor. So I'm, I'm wow. I'm I'm good. That's impressive. <laughs> assistant professor at MIT. Uh, that's a that's a fantastic uh, thing to have on your resume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm super happy coming from that little tiny island from uh, in the Indian Ocean to here. It's, uh, it's great. That's amazing. Well, uh, really interesting backstory, Terry. Now, now the team, uh, MIT, obviously, uh, they have a little bit of a history of um, uh, they had a part-time coach. So clearly they didn't have the full commitment of someone like yourself to guide the team in the early days. But uh, uh, never been a uh, been a big powerhouse, but uh, right now, I mean, you you got to the top fifteen uh, this year, I believe, and, and uh, you had some. I looked through the record; you had some some good wins. You had some close matches against guys uh, teams ranked above you, and uh, uh, a couple of firsts this year, uh, uh, first for a long time, anyways, as well. So, just in general, uh, how satisfied. Uh, uh, up until this point, are you with uh, with MIT's uh, uh, performance? Oh, we 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 had our best season this year. You're right; it's the first. There's been a little first, yeah, mm. first time three years ago that we won nationals. So, in in our bracket, which is not the top top guys, but in our brackets, and then always improving our ranking or end of season ranking. Um, 
it's it's very competitive as we know um recruiting is a big part of it and the big thing is that MIT works so differently from other other schools in terms of admission and that's a shame but that's that's what we that's what we have and that's what I have to work with is that compared to other schools we cannot offer like a like a recruiting spot okay so yeah. need, MIT all the committees they need to make sure that a candidate has all the grades all the good things the requirements and the good profile so even if i i kind of uh, you know come up with a list of you know squash recruits top athletes with excellent grades that's it's kind of not enough for me to tell them look you're 100% you're going to make it it the the process is that it has to be approved by you know committees so it's a little bit of a risk the system is working but it's just i cannot just offer like you know oh i like you you play so well uh your top 5 at the british open yes come in <laughs> so it's just yeah my, my hands are all tied we we're playing with different rules but it's it's okay cuz they need to make sure that i think they pick the good fit in order for the kid to thrive you know academically and and not just struggle and it's fine and i'm i'm okay with that so for us we um, we're not really competing you know with the rest of you know um and it's super hard to get international uh students it's it's impossible i mean it's i've tried i've tried but it's just impossible you know and uh so are there any sort of uh, i mean over the years uh, you've you've been i think 9 years right at MIT or close to 9 eight, years yeah eight, yeah yeah so i'm just wondering now as as you get more experienced as a recruiter and i've spoken to others who might not have as difficult a time as you do but uh, are there any sort of maybe little tricks that you might uh might have or or little sort of um you know ways of trying to get these top players so, who might, might have the academics uh, yeah for us um first of all um i think it's the same for, across the department you know for all the programs um we so for locals and for americans it's already super challenging to get those high scores and and high you know the perfect transcript pretty much in math and sciences <laughs> yeah yeah national people the thing is they have to uh, kind of compete within their own country so imagine like a kid from india it could be you know top 10 in india top 5 i want him because he's that good or from you know hong kong or malaysia or, or egypt even but the thing is academically they can have to compete within the candidates from that country so the, it's just insane yeah to be the the most smart guy you know in your own country it's just uh, and MIT takes every year maybe two or three from india next so if you think about it and all those <laughs> students are already uh, winning you know physics olympiads or math olympiads or like Or, or creating some sort of like amazing um, projects already and so it's it's just tough yeah yeah the the luck of them being uh, you know top ranked squash players in the world is extremely uh, low isn't it uh, yeah or, or, or if if maybe if they're really like world champion yeah okay if they're world champion but still with some good grades so it's like yeah it's tough it's okay yeah no exactly so uh, now obviously um you must having said all of that you must be extremely proud of uh the players on your team because they uh in terms of academics they they've done extremely well uh, as scholar as athletes uh, and scholars so uh, i think it, in the uh, the mid atlantic uh, squash conference uh, you had eight guys uh who were ac- on the acad- all academic team and then five guys uh who were scholar athletes for the uh, college squash uh association so i mean when it comes to that 
Uh, and when you go, maybe when you go to the committee with your list of players and you say, look, look at this, look at our squash team, look at what we're doing academically. That, do you think that, uh, you know, that, that helps? Yeah, that helps. I think so. That helps. It shows that we are great all around student athletes. And that's, I think I'm proud of them because I know there's no shortcuts in terms of, you know, or easy ride. Or once they're at MIT, they need to put in the work. And it's not for everyone. And like I said, to, you know, those uh, prospective uh, recruits, this is not for everyone. You, you need to have a certain um, work ethic and discipline and profile to, to, to do well. And, and it's fine. So I, I get it. It took, it took me some years to be, you know, to, to have that fine line and, and to find, you know, the right balance uh, in terms of my uh, sessions as well and my training. Yeah. But I'm super flexible because I know <laughs> some weeks, some days, those guys are really str- are struggling for time. Every minute counts. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> Um, how do you uh, how do you manage that as as a, as a coach of the team? Obviously, you have to prioritize academics first, uh, but then uh, you want to win too. So, yeah. how, how does that uh, manifest itself? Yeah, so the great thing is that being a division three, the philosophy is you're right. The priority is to succeed and do well academically. The athletic part is more of a great experience. So we don't have any like set goals, you know, set up by my department and by my supervisor. He's not going to come up every season and say, oh, you need to hit that now. You need None of that, never. And if you had a bad season, okay, fine. It's not a problem as long as we try our best and the team is happy. And so that's, that's a little bit of philosophy. You know, we're not expected to reach you know or achieve things but we want to do it yeah so I, i'm very competitive well i love it yeah, of and course I, you're competitive you, you got to number one in the world exactly <laughs> how do you do that without being competitive <laughs> the culture is that this is not something you know that is an outside external you know motivator that it's us we want to do well so so that's why that's the great uh, motivation because we want we want to achieve things, and I think we're doing okay with considering you know all those elements. And I'm I'm flexible in terms of okay, you know what, get some rest, get some sleep, get that extra time, and if you can, try to make it up later in the week. But that's fine. I want you to I want you to be healthy and happy first, and then and then come here when it's going to be a little better. Um, hmm. I, I would imagine too. I mean, these guys are the best of the best academically. I mean, all, they must be super, super, super competitive. Very much. And sometimes the problem is that you're right. They can be dragged into too much and overloading themselves, hmm. you know, classes or too hard classes. <laughs> so, Imagine the amount of work they have to do. Um, so that's a little bit of a danger. So I'm here to say, oh, look, you should maybe not take five classes this semester, but, you know, three or four. Or so, yeah, it is, it's, it's case per case. And um, it's not perfect. There are things I cannot do. I, I know, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's brilliant. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like a, a, an awesome challenge for you and something that it, it, obviously you're, you're enjoying it. Now, uh, now last year, uh, we mentioned a couple of firsts and you mentioned a couple of, now I'm not sure. I, I just read this, but uh, this year was the first season that you guys actually, that you've beaten uh, Franklin Marshall since 1978. And then uh And I know you'd lost to them earlier in the season in a very, very close match and then ended up beating them in the CSA team event uh, playoff. So uh, was that something was that just something that I read or was that actually quite meaningful to the team? And uh, uh, how did that all uh, play out for you with the loss and then the eventual uh, victory there in the in the playoffs? So, yeah, so we, we do play uh, some teams multiple times and, and to see that we can convert and we can 
do better and adjust. That's always uh, so satisfying. Um, it was the same same thing as I remember with Navy. You know, we've never built Navy ever, <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. Yeah, three years ago we had our first win, and then. Um, but you're right to try to fine tune things and to always learn and grow. Um, so it's, it's, of course, it's okay to lose as we know, but we want to do better uh, the next time. Um, but for that particular match, uh, I'm, I'm Sanger, my number one, um, really turned things around. And uh, he, he lost to the FNM number one in the first, you know, uh, encounter. It was three love. And, and then when we played them again, he won three one and, uh, and a super good kid uh, from, um, I think, from Czech. Uh, so that was great. That was great. Fantastic. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I saw his wreck. He had a very good season, actually, didn't he? He, he obviously he lost to the the, the Victor Quans and the Yusuf uh, Ibrahim's. Uh, I mean, uh, they're <laughs> the best players in the world these days. But um, you know, uh, he had some. He had a, a, I think, a winning record or close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and and remember, there was COVID as well in a way, and sometimes some of my guys were, were like, you know, away or isolated for five, six, seven, eight days, and, and it was not easy this year, honestly. So that's why uh, we had cancellation, we had people not be able to train and uh, oh, close contact and all of that. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the end, I'm telling you, it's, just completing the season, having a full roster at nationals, not missing anyone in the lineup was already an achievement compared to, uh, you know, at nationals, you had Trinity who were missing like four or five top guys at Princeton, the same, a lot of, a lot of teams. And it was tough to try to, you know, yeah, to try to have a hundred percent lineup. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah, I guess we were lucky to have a full uh, f- to have a season, anyways. Uh, but hopefully, uh, things will be sort of relatively close to normal for the 2022-23 season. Se- things seem to be sort of uh, getting coming close to back to normal, anyways. Yeah. 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 Well, Terry, uh, now, as I mentioned at the outset, a uh, uh, huge fan of yours from back in the day, and I hope you indulge me here because I'm going to uh, uh, talk a bit about, about the, the good old days. Now, uh, as I mentioned, a huge fan of JP, I played him growing up. You, you've played him a hand like many times and, and you contained him uh, and did well against him uh, in, in around the year 2002, 2003. But early on, you, you, you had your struggles against him. So what were those early years uh, against JP like? And then how did, uh, what was it that enabled you to sort of find the way of containing him and dealing with his, uh, you seem to really manage his on-court stuff uh, better, almost better than than anyone else out there. So, uh, oh man, John, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a good friend, always good, always had a good relationship with him. And, and because he was one of the kind of the only one um, talking French on the tour, I mean, not, not being French, but talking per- like a perfect French, it was really, oh my gosh, like very welcoming. And, and uh, you know, you, you will show up in a tournament and boom, he would talk to you in French. So that was great, honestly. Uh, with, with all the French guys, John was always super, like, super nice and welcoming. And uh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he, he was at that generation was a little just before me. So he, he got so good. So early as well, like Peter Nicole and, and those guys, you know, and the John White, uh, Martin Neath and Goff and, and, you know, and, uh, but I, I, he was kind of, uh, yeah, my, I was looking up to him, you know, and Nicole, they were, they were my role models like growing up i but remember i was on an island so i didn't have many honestly like no media or no internet just no kind of dvds or stuff no, I, we had nothing till i moved to 
France and started to compete when I was 18 on the tour. Uh, before that, um, before that, I think I, I, I met JP the first time in, I think it was in Hong Kong at the World Juniors, right? Um, in, in Hong Kong. And, and I think he, he, he might have lost to uh, Ramelin uh, over there. And then at the British Open anyway. So he was always, you know, yeah. at the top, always there. So uh, always admire his touch and the way he was cutting the ball and putting those drops in. Um, but, but, and of course, the deception. So that was that part of his game that I love. Okay. Um, so when I got to the stage where, oh, I might have a chance now, you know, I was showing up, getting into the top 30 eventually, and then, you know, 25, 20, uh, we had a few matches. And then um, I was a small, very small threat. Um, and I, and, and eventually, I think when I was getting top five, I, was, I, I could not get a game. That was as simple as that. I just could not get the one single game uh, every time. Um, due to I was not good enough, um, not playing fast enough, not executing fast enough, and maybe too much respect as well. And so I did some work um, with a sports uh, psychologist to try to uh, to try to help me because I was plateauing around uh, top five for 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 a couple of years, and then uh, that really helped me. To, uh, to just be more confident, you know, we, we worked a lot on visualization, self-esteem, and try to feel just bigger on core. Um, a lot of mental training, a lot, a lot. Um, so that really helped me, I think, in, in the situation to, to tell myself, you can do it now. It's your turn. Now it's your turn. So, and in the meantime, I think my 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 fitness, my, my, you know, all, everything started to click as well, technically, uh, in terms of my um, voting game and, and the way I was getting more mature, more, more experience, getting some good wins against other people. Um, so that match, the breakthrough was that match at the TOC. Yeah. Uh, and I won that, that first game. And I was like, wow, oh, really? That's, oh. <laughs> and yeah. in the semi-final of the TOC, I think, or quarterfinal, and then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And then that liberate, I think it just I felt liberated. Mm. And eventually I won 3 1, I think. Um it was 3-1. And, yeah. and that I, I, yeah, we were going back and forth. But um I think uh, for me it was to try to stay in front of him and of, of, you know, try to prevent him from holding and, and, and put me in different direction and and getting to those you know harder rallies and, and, and just challenging mentally as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly uh, the way I saw it play out too. I mean, uh, to me, uh, uh, just seemed like all you'd really needed, like you said, was that ment- you might have had a mental block more than than anything, and getting getting that first game at the TOC just open the, the whole thing up for you in terms of, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to worry. You knew you, you, you had, yeah. uh, you, you could win. Yeah. And then, and we, I had a good one against him as well at, at in the final of uh, the Canadian open in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was in, uh, I think, I believe it was an 04, probably an 04. Um, and yeah, so that was a good one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you, won, you won that, didn't you? You, you I won, won. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, you broke the hearts of all Canadians. That's exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty powerful, yeah. And I was leading into the world, uh, the World Open in Qatar. That so was, it, you won that. Uh, that gave me a huge confidence. <laughs> Going into the World Open, that that also I won, and beating uh, 
another Canadian, Graham, Graham Riding in the yeah, yeah. semifinal. Yeah. In the semis. And then in the final, uh, a bit, a bit chill, saving another match more. So it's, I don't yeah, know. It was a great match, five game. And not, I think, you know, I was thinking about this before, uh, before you appeared uh, today. Lee Beachill is a guy, obviously all the players recognize just how super good he is, but I, I don't think his name gets mentioned amongst the squash community as much as it should in terms of the, like the best of the best. Like he, he was very, very talented, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. So I remember Lee, Lee, Lee um, I, I played Lee at, at the British Open Junior. So again, uh, we were very like direct competitor. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the generation with, you know, Palmer, Libby Chill, and, and maybe Shabana a little bit, like, coming up as well. Um, but boy, yeah, at the British Junior, it, it just, it crushed me, right? <laughs> um, I, I was seated number two, and he took me out. He just took me out. Uh, and I was, that really hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. That really hurt. I still remember after that, in, in the you know on the PSA, I was very successful um, against him. Somehow, uh, my style of play, you know, pressing a lot, volleying a lot, and and I happened to do. Pretty- guy, he's a little bit like I, I mean, not like JP, but a little bit like JP because if he you know he used to hold the ball a lot and he liked to use a lot of flicks and uh, yeah. you know delays, and, and he was uh, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess yeah. your game again, uh, the the two games, uh, JP and uh, and Lee, they're they're sort of uh, similar in in some ways. Oh yeah, yeah. He had that ability to put the ball away, and and it was crisp. You know, his hitting was just just yeah, compact, crisp, clean. Um, and I tell you what, yeah, yeah, he's beating Lee because we were on number one and two in the final. So he was number one, I was number two. And one year before that, in Pakistan, I reached the final of the world and losing to Shabana. Mm. And when Shabana upset everyone on the way, like Ricketts and, and, and everyone. And he, he, at that time, he was top nine, 10, maybe. And he just won the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this time, I was like, you know, I let me stay in the bubble and, and let let's try to do it and uh but yeah um good memories good memories absolutely so that i mean they were fantastic years for you 2003 basically to 2005 you you reached world number one first frenchman ever to do that uh the uh, winning the world open uh so that that was i guess uh, just you know when you went to that sports psychologist and you said you know i've got i'm there uh, I just I just need to do something to get over that hump. Is that basically uh, what resulted in uh, 2000 from 2003 to 2005? That yeah. effort, that extra effort that you put in there. Yeah, oh, definitely. So that's yeah, that's exactly uh, what happened. Um, you know, I started working with him for a couple of years, uh, and and like I said, all all everything clicked all together on the you know the training with my two. Uh, all-time coaches, um, a lot of, of course, you know, tweaking things, shots and, 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 and ghosting and, and a bit quicker, a bit more efficient, a bit more smoother, um, understanding the game, being complete as well. Cause, and I, I can say that today I've, I've, I've played against many generations because I <laughs> yeah, yeah. last like Palmer, like those guys, you know, to last uh, till I was 36. Um, and I played with everyone, kind of everyone. I mean, and I'm, it was great. It was great to just be challenged with different styles and, you know, and be able to also beat all of them at this one time, you know, including Rami Ashuan and, 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 and Greg yeah, Bucci. Yeah. And so the whole... And Shobagi, and you know that's what at the very end, you know, <laughs> Shobagi. But oh boy, what a what a ride! Honestly, um, when I think about all the Paul Price, the Boswell Ricketts, um, David Evans, you know, the, the, a lot of them. Like yeah, like I said, you know, Martin Lees, Wilstrop, and 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 Darwish, and and uh, poor, it's um, so many fantastic uh, talents and. 
when people ask, oh, who was your toughest? It's just impossible to say. Yeah. There was big battles, you know. Too many. Uh, I mean, despite that generation, you guys, and it's sort of getting better now, I think, with the men on the men's side. It's a lot closer. There aren't just one or two guys. It's starting to change a little bit. But back when, uh, you know, your generation and the generation before, any one of the top 10 guys could have won on a given weekend, you know? Um, so, so yeah, uh, I think longevity for me was one, was a big deal. Um, and um, I think like Paul, I think Paul Cole said uh, not long ago that being number one is different from being world champion as well. So for me, like, like you said, being number one, I always, that was my first goal. Uh, to be to be consistent, to be you know, to show up, you know, all year, yeah, all year round, and and that's a proof of strong mind, mental, and being being solid, basically. So I was really proud of that. And then afterwards, I started winning a bit a bit more trophies and, and the World Open. But yeah, uh, yeah, the World Open was a fan, like like you said, saving match ball there against a, a talent like Lee Beachill. And then, uh, you know, that was icing icing on the cake, getting to world oh. number one and then uh, yeah. get the world open. Now, before uh, before we move on, uh, finish off, you've been great with your time, Terry. I did want to, I mentioned earlier, uh, your last official PSA event was uh, in my hometown of uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, the Blue Nose Classic. So uh, how did you enjoy uh, and what do you remember about the Blue Nose Classic and the, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, hospitality. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just, it has a special place in my heart because uh, I think in, in your first PSA uh, tournament, I think online maybe, I, I won that and I, I was hosted and I stayed with uh, Rob. Uh, anyway, a great souvenir. So I went back and that was, yeah, my last tournament winning um what and I was play uh, Hisham in the final. Hisham Ashur in the semi. Uh, uh, Shamana in the quarters. Hisham in the semis. And I played Daryl uh, Selby in the final. Um, um, in five. So just, yeah, just great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great draw for that event. <laughs> great. <laughs> So, or, or, or even El Shamana, Isham, yeah, quarter and service. Uh, yeah, maybe unconscious. But anyway, uh, top, top, top uh, qualities. Um, so, my wife was here with me, and it was very special. And at that tournament, um, of course, the hospitality and the people, and, and, and I'm still in touch with Rob, um, you know, and, and we yeah. see each other. So, yeah, um, and, and at that tournament, I had the offer to come to Boston. So there, there, there's a oh, thing wow. about Halifax. Is that, you know, there, there was a sign, honestly. Yeah. 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 Halifax is also known uh, for, for that event there uh, for its world class officiating. Uh, I think Graham, Graham Waters, uh, you might uh, know Graham. He's from Halifax. Uh, uh, and as well as Zal Davar. They're both. Um, both uh, yeah. world world officials, so no 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 problems with the officiating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, just a, just, I did want to ask you. You you were working with uh, a little bit, or maybe more or less. I don't know with uh, with Amanda Sobi over the the years, and I just wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, she's made she. The last couple of years made really tremendous inroads and I would argue, you know, she's not quite there, you know, in terms of number one or two, but she's almost there. And uh, just wondering uh, uh, how proud you are of the progress she's made. And uh, I think she has all the tools. She has the physicality, I think, to get to number one. Uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts uh, on where Amanda is today? Yeah. Yeah. We, we started, we started a few years back, indeed. Uh, she was uh, still in, in at one college. Um, I don't know how many years exactly. Maybe, maybe that was maybe seven, eight years ago. Anyway, so it's it's a, it's a long, it's yeah. Um, 
long time relationship. Nowadays, she's more in the city and, and she's a bit, you know, she's over there and she's, you know, she can manage it, um, getting the support and, and from different places. But uh, I'm still following her and talking to her. Um, but proud of, of, she started, she played in just with one dimension. She was just one dimension player. You know, there was no variation. And it was pure, pure power and pace, but no, not really, you know, change and, and, and touch and stuff. Um, and of course, she wanted games to be over in 20 minutes or, or under 20 minutes <laughs> when we stopped. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, above that, she was challenged. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it, it, took, it took a little time. You know, uh, for her to be a, a more complete uh, player in different aspects, you know, you're right, um, mentally, physically, technically, uh, more speed. And then and, and she's transformed. I think she's really transforming of physique and of physicality. Um, but yeah, she has that stage where she's consistent now in the top four finals. And she's so, she's getting more mature, more, more experience. Uh, there's a lot about, you're right, mentor and managing your emotions. And um, so maybe she's in the, maybe she's in a, like a similar situation that you were before you broke through. I mean, maybe she just needs a couple of wins. I'm really impressed with, with her short, like her volley, her short game these days. I mean, she punches that volley in so nicely and so crisply on both the backhand and the forehand side. And that's, uh, that's something that she seems to have, developed over the last little while anyways yeah volleying was always you know uh, kind of a not natural but yeah she loves i think she and that's why she's been so successful that her presence you know on the tee and and we really worked on that as well to just well I, I was i was pretty you were the king yeah i was pretty good at that anyway <laughs> <laughs> and try to dominate the middle um so that's it. Just just try to get, you know, try to dominate the middle and and and, and control the rally. I think yeah, she she has that and she has the ability to flick it as well, you know, sometimes. So that's that's tough to read, you know, that, that boast, you know, that foreign boast or the cross court kill. Um, and then she added she added the height, you know, the, the high game as well and, and, and the lobs. So now yeah, she's got really, uh, really good hands. Actually, uh, uh, she's she's soft hands. Uh, she can do a lot with the ball. Yeah, so uh, very, very, I really enjoy it, and that's the thing. Sometimes you watch players, you're like, ah, oh, okay, let's go through the match. But with her, <laughs> there's always something entertaining and, and happening, and that's why I enjoy myself with her, training her, because. Things were happening. She's so creative, and and the the quality of squash is 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 great. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, uh, uh, Terry, uh, I know you've got some squash camps coming up uh, in the summer. Uh, if I was available, I would go. I, I need to work on this. If you have a master's uh, camp, fifty <laughs> uh, I need work on my movement. Uh, how do it? How to reacquire agility? That that would be. Uh, I think that's impossible. But uh, uh, the the camps are they uh, are they uh, filling up or any spots uh, available? Yeah, yeah, we are. we're happy to be back um, at MIT after two years, and they they are nearly full. <laughs> really? Oh, great! Yeah, which is great. It's awesome, and I'm doing a trip to France, Corsica. Okay. Um, that that's in end of July, end of June, and it's full as well. So it's great. It's 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 good. It's 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 good. That's brilliant. Well, uh, well, Terry, uh, really appreciate uh, today. Uh, fantastic to talk to you. Uh, it, you lived up to the hype uh, for me and, and more. So uh, I hope maybe we can do it again uh, another time. Sounds good. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Bye. Well, that was absolutely amazing. He lived up to all the hype. And then some Thierry Lin Koo of the MIT Engineers, former world number one world champion, uh, lived up to the hype, 
exceeded all my expectations. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, I want to wish him and the team all the best uh, in the upcoming 2022-2023 season. Hopefully uh, not so many uh, questions as regards the uh, the COVID uh, situation, uh, but you never know. So, yeah, you always have to take your precautions. But, uh, again, thanks, Terry. Absolutely amazing conversation. And uh, upcoming, we've got some of them. I mean, they've been coming hot, uh, fast and furious uh, these days, these podcasts. These t- uh, we've got quite a few coming up, uh, quite a few in the hopper, I should say. So hopefully those come to fruition. Uh, I won't mention uh, any names as yet, but we've got hopefully a few good ones in the works. Uh, we also, uh, uh, well, speaking of good ones, I should say, I've uh, been speaking to uh, my good buddy, uh, Victor Berg. He's the head pro at the Vancouver Lawn and Tennis Club, and they're uh, preparing for the Canadian Nationals. So we're going to put together several Canadian Nationals-themed uh, episodes, which would uh, which will be upcoming. And speaking of which, the Canadian Open uh, just finished up, and uh, two winners there on, on the men's side. Uh, we had Nick Wall taking the title over Can- Canadian number one David Biarjon three games to one and then on the women's side uh, we had Olivia Feichter and she won that one over uh, Canadian number one Holly Naughton three games to one as well uh, so the Canadian contingent did reasonably well two Canadians in the finals but both coming up short uh, but from all reports a very uh, successful return of the Canadian Open and well done to the Bow Valley uh, Athletic Club for hosting that event on the power court so lots going on at Bow, Bow Valley great to, to see Dean Brown and his team pulling that off and pulling it off quite successfully everybody thanks so much for listening again some good podcasts coming up take a look back at the in the catalog we've got two 210 other episodes besides this one uh, lots of good content on there from the very first one which was with uh, neil harvey all the way up to the last one that we just completed with jamie maddox so many uh, in between some really uh, interesting stuff and we've got lots more coming up in the near future take care all the best with your squash we'll be talking to you very soon again goodbye now